And guys, when we're doing this foundation stuff, we're just doing our best to say how are some how things that we've actually gone through and experienced that helped us personally become more like Jesus and nearer to Jesus. The staff, we've gone through all the emotionally healthy relationships and we're finding we're doing better with one another. Conflict's a good thing. It helps us be more in it, but if you don't know how to deal with it, not as good. Um, Gospel conversations, really important. I've used the tools myself quite a bit to be able to Share the gospel. It's super fun stuff. So we, we really hope to see you there uh, in your journey with Jesus, and, and both because God's telling you and Kathy Hodges. <laughs> um, so 270 hours, what does that mean? Anybody want to guess what that's about? Yeah, well, I heard somebody say, yeah. So this week, we, we had a week of 24-7 prayer. That's still continuing today. Uh, Tonight at 10 p.m., because they're on the East Coast, we'll be passing the torch off to a church in Frederick, Fredericksburg? Frederick, Maryland. Um, And and so it's going across the U.S. And then this week was Life Transformation School. We do uh, one-on-one prayer with every one of our students. We had 90 students. And so this is our conservative estimate of how many hours of prayer have happened in this building just this week just this week. God inhabits space. He doesn't have to. He's above all things. But we can see in the temple and the fact that he lives in us, he likes to inhabit space. This is his earth. He likes it. He came as a person in the incarnation and dignified space and materiality. And so it's just been so fun to just soak with the Lord. You're coming into a a house here where there's been a lot of praying going on this week. And may it continue. And also, well done, guys. Well done. Yay. It's been so fun to walk by, you know, in the office, and uh, the front office, and just sit here and someone's singing their heart out to Jesus at like midday. It's just been beautiful. Well, here's a text I want to read to focus us on Jesus, and then we're going to have some special stuff here. After John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Over the last few Sundays, we've been talking about since the first Sunday of the year, what life do I want? Just asking these deep-hearted questions. And then then a a deeper question, what do I really want? If, If there's a number of things in my life do I want, is there a desire back behind all those that's driving it? And and the conclusion we came to was, I actually want a who. My heart longs for a who, and his name is Jesus. And if you want to know, well, I don't know if that's true, well, go listen to the other sermons. You'll believe it. And what life do I want is the life that only Jesus can give me. I can't, I can't build it by myself. 
But here's what's interesting is if you look out throughout the scriptures, another way of saying this, answering these deep questions of what's my heart's desire and what's the picture of a flourishing, alive life, this, these answers are also, what do I really want? I want God and his kingdom. I want Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the order he brings to the earth through what he's done in Jesus. And we see that in this passage of Jesus if you want to know, if I want to preach a Jesus sermon, what did Jesus preach? This is what Jesus was preaching. The kingdom of God, who is God himself coming, the kingdom of God has come near. We see God in his kingdom. That's his message. God is coming to reorder the earth. Repent of saying you're in charge of your own life. Because how's it going? And come under his rule. But here's what's fascinating about Jesus. He just doesn't say this. As LB was saying, it's not, he's just distant. He's just saying, I let you know, the king's here. He says to specific people, why don't you come and join me? You in? You want to do this? And we call these people disciples. It's people who are learning to imitate the, the person that is their leader, their hero, and to follow after him. And so we talk about our vision at Believer's Church is to be near and like Jesus. Because Jesus is the door into Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And our mission, how we do that, is to be disciples who make disciples. Again, that's why we're doing these, these, these trainings that we're doing right now. So, one of the things that we do annually is something called a Life Transformation School. We've been doing it for the last two weeks it's 11 days of intense, fun teaching, experiences with God, and all kinds of uh, mischief. And so what we're going to do today is share some testimonies of what God did in these last couple of weeks. The reason we do that is it is, we, hear, we overcome, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimonies, and giving up our lives to Him. And so what we're going to talk about is how God is overcoming in others in our community to both inspire and challenge us. You ready for that? So let's welcome these guys up. Kevin, why don't you come up for the first testament? He passed away about nine years ago in a life cut short by cancer. Um, and I never doubted that he loved me. However, while he allowed me to pursue the things I was interested in, he was usually doing his own uh, projects. You know, things that put food on the table, provided a better life for me, as well as, you know, fulfilling his own interests and things. And the things that we did together, uh, it was often him doing it for himself as well. So even after I would move on, from an interest, he would stay and do that. And there's nothing wrong with that uh, per se. But in general, though I knew my dad loved me and was proud of me most of the time, um, this knowledge was more of intellectual than actually lived out. Uh, there wasn't a lot of overt <coughs> encouragement or displays of affection, uh, kind of like how most men are in our culture, uh, kind of a little bit standoffish. Um, in a different vein, within the last year, uh, I've become aware of a deficiency in my own prayer life. I had no problem praying to Jesus because he became a human and I could relate to that. 
And I had no problem praying to the Holy Spirit because he's our teacher and he's guided me in so much of my life. However, a prayer to the Father was relatively non-existent. Um, I knew he loved me, and I know he's always present in our lives intellectually. I have a PhD in biblical studies, so I kind of know that. Um, But uh, practically, it just felt like he was off elsewhere dealing with more important matters, kind of like, you know, what happened in worship, like that was that. And I, I made this testimony on Thursday, so we weren't talking about that. But I think God wants to talk about that. So in LTS, the Father spoke in my heart that I viewed him like my earthly dad. Um, He showed me that while my dad reflected a lot of God's character in terms of integrity and discipline, the Father's attitude toward me is more like how my dad was as a grandfather to my sons. Um, In his short time he had with them, he was constantly showing interest in them and what they did, and he was always affectionate with them. And I think that was his own growth in seeing what really matters in this life. Um, so while it's true the saying that God has no grandchildren, he loves better than grandfa- the best of all grandfathers. I forgave my dad during uh, LTS, uh, and my prayer life has become more fully developed and more full of joy, just like in the middle of work, not doing the greatest, funnest things, and just feeling God like there and that he's pleased with me. And so... I also repented for my own wrong attitudes and impatience toward my own sons, uh, and it's so much easier now to enjoy them in all the moments, good and the not so good, and I know that as I see the Father more clearly, I'll be better able to reflect Him to those boys as well. Thank you. Joel Rice, welcome. That is my name. Um, I had a verse in addition to my um, testimony that I wanted to share with you all. Uh, In Luke 4, Jesus just started his ministry and shows up to Nazareth and does the first ever mic drop. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor and he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And when I think about what I learned during LTS, the word that comes to mind is freedom. Since God is who he says he is, and I am who I am, real and true freedom is mine. Not freedom to do what I want, but freedom to belong to God and not try and earn forgiveness. I'm free to forgive others and let go of my anger because that's how God treats me. Free to serve others because that's how Jesus loves me. I know now with more confidence than ever that the Holy Spirit lives in me and wants to use me for his kingdom. I know that I am an adopted, beloved son that the Father loves. After going through LTS, I feel very energized and excited about involving the Holy Spirit in every single part of my life, and not just in appropriate times. I have full confidence that I have received healing in my life in the area of sexuality, and I'm battling temptations to lust alongside the Holy Spirit each and every day. I'm excited to live out the rest of my life by faith as a loving husband and servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. After these 10 days, I have no doubt that I have been transformed. One day um, at LTS, 
uh, we were praying um, to receive the Holy Spirit, and I had this picture that the Lord gave to me um, of my cabinet that has my cups and glasses in it at home. And I was just thinking about how, like, I use those cups for all different kinds of things, um, put water in them, juice, serve other people that we invite over. Um, and it just became apparent to me that, like, I love those glasses. And if I were to lose one of those, like, that, that stinks, you know? Um, my wife's kind of good at breaking glasses, so I've <laughs> been through this a time or two. Um, but I was just thinking about how, like, it stinks to lose my glasses. And it, I just, I'm so glad that each one of those is there and I have different uses for all of them. And I'm, I don't use them that often in all reality, but I'm there and they belong to me. And I just, God gave me this picture of like, I'm a glass in his cabinet and I just belong to him. And he is just delighted to have me there. And he, you know, I, he uses me for things. And, um, it's just so sweet to belong to Jesus. Um, and I'm just, I'm so encouraged that when Jesus said that he was sent to proclaim liberty to the captives and liberty to those who are oppressed, that was me, and I am free because of God. So, thank you. Thank you, Jim. Let's welcome Brittany Shepherd. So Life Transformation School, uh, it felt mysterious to me, and honestly, I was pretty skeptical that it could live up to its name. Like, how is this actually going to transform my life? <laughs> um, I've done a lot of inner healing, and I know that God has used all of those things to help me along this journey, and I'm really grateful that those things he, felt he has helped me to do has brought me to where I am today. Um, I've done counseling, Spockna, Sozo, I've done a CR step, step study, um, different workshops, read lots of books, all the things. But um, I felt like from night one of LTS that God was really just coming after my heart. Uh, so I have often struggled with the idea of being able to hear God's voice, and I wasn't confident in the fact that I could hear him. Um, but during my time at LTS, I'm confident that I heard him speak to me more clearly than ever before. I heard him say that I'm not alone anymore. I don't have to carry these burdens alone. That I am worth whatever time it takes. And there's nothing in you that I won't heal. Instead of a spirit of fear, that he would give me a spirit of love in our home. I heard him say, trust me, daughter, and I'm just so grateful for the teaching on how do we hear God's voice. That really helped me. Um, and then some of the most healings, healing moments for me happened by God using other people to continue revealing these truths to my heart. During the second night, I got to talk to Sherry Gurney, and she prayed with me and encouraged me that I could hear God's voice. And that he just might want to speak to me in my sleep. So almost a week later, after my one-on-one -on -one prayer time, 
I was asleep, and I just heard this knock, 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 and I just immediately woke up, and my heart started racing, and I like, you know, taking my eye mask off, like looking around, like, did you hear that? And you know, Chad's just over there sawing logs, and I, I'm like, what is happening? And I, I just felt like God was speaking to my heart, and He was saying, "Are you ready for me to heal you?" And Honestly, it was very weird. I never have experienced anything like that in my life. And it felt crazy. And I didn't even really tell Chad about it for a while. But, I mean, telling all of y'all. So, <laughs> here we are. Um, but on Saturday, we broke up into groups to pray for more of the Holy Spirit. And I felt so loved by the pastoral team as they talked to me and prayed with me. They helped me pray through a lot of spiritual baggage, and uh, when we were praying, John said he felt like I needed to speak out loud the words that I trust you, Holy Spirit, and it was like once I was able to do that, that these walls just kind of broke in my spirit, and I was finally able to speak in other tongues for the first time in years, so that was really powerful, and then during my one-on-one prayer time, um, I was able to confess and repent of cheating whenever I was um, doing homeschool myself. Um, I And I just felt the forgiveness of the Father, and I was able to see that even in my sin, He never left me. And then one of the first incidents on my report that has stuck with me and affected so many of the choices that I have made in my life was the lies that I believed for so long. I have to take care of myself. It's all up to me. Don't ask for help. And I should already know everything. And looking back over my notes when I was trying to write my testimony, I kept seeing over and over, it's not up to me. I'm not alone anymore. And the Holy Spirit living in me will supply the power. And self-sufficiency is a crushing burden. And it is. So I'm thankful that God was just really wanting to reveal these truths to me over and over throughout the time at LTS. And then the last thing I'll share is um, when Roger was sharing about the love of the Father and how the cross is the biggest sign to us saying to come home, um, he had us pray, and then when we were ready to come home, we were supposed to stand up. And I knew from other people's testimonies what was coming after that. And so I was really just wrestling with God, thinking, um, you know, I don't really want to stand up. I don't want some random guy to come and hug me. And I don't want to cry all over them. And I just, I didn't really want to do it. And um, I I was like, just telling him all these things. And um, I felt like he just said, trust me, daughter. And so I stood up, and before I could even stand all the way up, Matt Olson was, like, jumping over the chairs to come and give me a hug. And um, it was just so healing on many levels because I felt like he was just giving me an opportunity to trust and obey, and then he was showing up. And I felt like during LTS that that was really a huge part of it was that Um, all I needed to do was to just listen, repent, and that he would do the work. And so I felt like during my time at LTS that that's what he showed me. 
And um, I'm sorry that this is long, but I do want to say thank you so much to our small group community who um, watched our kids so that Chad and I could do it together because that was a really special thing, and I felt very loved by that. And just thank you to all the LTS leaders. Y'all are awesome. Let's welcome Judy Bailey. So for me, the most impactful moment of LTS was the father hug that Brittany was telling us about. I didn't have as good a memory as she did, so I didn't remember that these testimonies from last year, that there was going to be somebody running up and hugging me. So I was totally unprepared. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm, I stand up and I start walking. I just keep my head down. And when a man ran up and threw his arms around me, and hugged and just held me. <laughs> it's a long time. Um, I melted. I really felt the Father's love for me. But perhaps even more than that, for me, um, I felt God as a husband. My husband of 36 years died two years ago, and the thing I missed the most is his hugs. And I felt so loved by God. And after that first hug, I was standing there, you know, with my head down again, kind of in shock and amazement. And then another man runs up <laughs> and throws his arms around me. <clears throat> um, the personal ministry time was also very significant for me. Again, I felt loved, treasured by God, and I heard him speak words of love and freedom to me. Overall, the teaching and all the truth just felt like a washing, a cleansing. Um, I believe I have gained new freedoms and fresh insight into walking with Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. And my grasp of the power of his life in me has deepened. Let's welcome Zach Lindsay. You guys need to come to my house every morning and do that. It's great. <clears throat> so, I now know why LTS, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> may be difficult for someone to describe in an elevator pitch. Because of the breadth of topics taught in scriptural depth and specific work of the Holy Spirit does in each person, the course is unlike anything I've experienced. I'll be processing it for a while. Uh, LTS kicked off transformation in, in several areas of my life, but we're limited to one page, so I'll just describe three. Uh, first, I was confronted with the ways various aspects of my spiritual childhood have limited areas of my ongoing formation. I didn't realize, like Brittany mentioned, the baggage that I carried due to spiritual trauma I suffered from heretical teaching and emotional manipulation by church leaders. <clears throat> All this happened when I was very young. I thought I was over it, but God revealed deeper wounds he wanted to heal. Throughout LTS, I've been able to re-engage with spiritual gifts, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and being reminded of the power of the Holy Spirit within me. Secondly, seeing God as a good and loving Father has changed the way I think about my own children. I have more grace with them, uh, both receiving and giving. I feel less of a burden or pressure to be the ideal dad or to allow their mistakes to define me. I am known and fully loved by Father God, and he fully knows and loves them too. 
so I can trust him to be just as patient and faithful and persistent with them as he has been with me. He's the same God to all of us. Finally, I learned that God cared about my birth, prepared work for me to do, and invited me to join him forever. Dallas Willard says that the believer's life on earth is training for reigning, and I have a better grasp of, of that idea thanks to LTS. I'm an optimizer by nature. I always believe that a situation can be better if we think of it from a different angle or spend more time. Uh, this can lead to finding creative solutions to problems, but it can also lead to being discontent and rarely satisfied or ever at rest. I received a very peaceful, if daunting, word from the Lord, one of which happened when Israel hugged me, and I mean, we're not the same size, so, uh, you know, it was an experience, um, but uh, one is, the way that I am is exactly as he intended when he made me, and secondly, if I will, I will only be content in him and therefore find complete fulfillment. I do not have to strive for satisfaction or purpose or even peace. All I have to do is the work he's prepared me to do. And I just have one boss, and he's the best father I can possibly imagine. How you guys doing? Good? So... We're going to do some baptisms now. These are folks who have gone through LTS and realize they're in a place in their journey with Jesus. They want to publicly, with you, commit to Jesus. Paul talks about baptism like this. He says, what shall we say then? So we go on saying that grace may increase by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? This moment, guys, we, we, we're not necessarily saved by baptism. In other words, it's kind of like you, you can, you can uh, pronounce your love to your mate and not have a wedding ceremony yet. But this is like a wedding ceremony where together we say, I'm going and participating in Jesus' death Death to the life we have now, which is reeled with failure, sin, hopelessness, all the things that are part of our lives without Jesus. So we're therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, how about this, just as Christ is raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Galatians 2.20 says, it's no longer us who lives, but Jesus the risen Lord living in us. So that's what these guys are doing. The reason we do it publicly, this isn't just for individuals. They're being baptized into the church. So this is an agreement we're doing with everybody. So are you guys in on this, agreeing with these baptisms? All right, let's do it. Hey, family. I'm here with my cousin, my first cousin, sweet baby Jessica. And uh, we, our family calls her Baby Jessica. Um, because she was the youngest in her family and she's the youngest of the cousins. And I thought that was appropriate today because she's the Lord's baby and he wants her with him. And uh, so we're celebrating that day. Do you want to say anything about why you're being baptized? So um, 
being that we call our sweet or baby Jessica made me think about when Nicodemus is talking to Jesus and he says, how can I be born again? Am I going to be a baby and go into my mother's womb a second time? How is that possible? He said, no, people are born of the flesh and then they're going to be born of the spirit. And that's what we're celebrating today, that by faith in the spirit, the old is gone, the new has come. And it's a gift from God that he doesn't count our sins against us and brings us into his family afresh. Okay? Okay. Do you put, I'm going to ask you some questions. Do you put your faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who died for your sins, he rose from the grave, and sits at the right hand of God to give you a new life as his child? Will you follow Jesus your whole life from now until it ends? Yes. Based on your commitment to trust and follow Jesus, I'm going to baptize you, put your... Hold your nose. <laughs> you got it. I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have another baptism of another family member in the Lucas household. <clears throat> this is our Uncle Tim. Many of you know Tim. I mean, Tim, is there anything you'd like to say about why you want to be baptized today? Change my life around. Amen. You know, Got to change. You know, people just don't understand where I come from. But now you do. Because I'm washing everything away and starting over fresh. Amen. I got a couple questions to ask you. Uh, do you put your faith in Jesus, the Son of God? Yeah. Who died for your sins and rose from the dead? Yeah. And you choose to commit your whole life to him and follow him for the rest yeah. of your life? Okay, let's do it, buddy. Stand right. up here. You might want to put your hand on your nose to plug it so you don't Yeah. I think we'll get him. I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray that you bless him now. You fill him with the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've got Terrence here. Follower of Jesus. Ready to be baptized? Yes, sir. 
Terrence, is there anything you want to share with your I must say family? that um, God, came in it, God came to a vision and said, Terrence, it's time for you to get baptized. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, well to, w way to go, obeying. I've got a few questions for you. Okay. And then I want you in this moment just to uh, soak in all the experience you're having right now. Because along your journey following Jesus, he's going to bring back this moment to just affirm in you that you are his son, you're his beloved, and he's going to bring back even the feelings that you'll need to like a wedding ceremony. You ready? Okay. Yep. I'm having you right here, actually. All right. Terrence, do you put your faith in Jesus, the Son of God who died for you, rose from the dead, and now sits at the right hand of the Father for you? I do. Wonderful. Will you follow Jesus with your whole heart for your whole life? I do. Okay, wonderful. Well, based on your decision and the answers you have, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father. So what we're going to do. Yeah, we got it. Baptize you in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. We've got Jonna. Being baptized, and Jennifer is gonna baptize her today. Do you want me to do the yeah. leadership? Oh, perfect! Yeah. Great. Jana, is there anything you want to share while you're being baptized? Uh, today? yes. <laughs> so Jen told me a couple months ago, you're going to LTS this year. It wasn't a question. <laughs> so what I what I've learned since meeting her is that she's someone that, without hesitation, I can say yes to. And she has came up alongside me, locking arms, like, uh, like Andrea Pogue said, locking arms is beautiful, but it can also be messy. And one day in the middle of our mess, Jen asked me, what is it you're wanting from me? And my answer was, I want family. My dad has passed away. I don't know if he's in heaven or hell. My mom's addicted to drugs and barely talks to me. My sister's out of her mind. My brother's in prison. I want family, a safe place to grow and nurture the next generation. I have custody of three kids, a seven, a three, and a two-year-old. My life story consisted of rejection and abandonment. I had no identity at conception. My dad wanted a boy. My mom vowed that if anything happens to us, this is your kid. I've already raised mine. Making that vow without even making a vow of marriage. I was rejected from the start, an illegitimate accident, the wrong gender, my belonging was conditional. So at seven, I cut my hair like a boy, I dressed like a boy, walked, talked, acted like a boy, tried to be just like my dad and make him proud. It seemed to be of no avail, though, because by the time I was 15, my mom wasn't home, my dad moved out, and my sister was sent off, so, so I left, too. And I identify with the disciples when Jesus said, I'm leaving you, and where I'm going, you cannot go, because my dad told me the same thing. A story in LTS in regard to the prodigal son was told. A boy got into a fight with his unfair parents, left, joined the Marines, and saw war, death, despair, and real sorrow. Realizing that he wanted nothing more than to go home to the family that he once thought was terrible, he wrote a letter asking if it was okay to come home, if there was any chance that they still loved him, and if so, just tie a ribbon to the big tree outside, and if I see that, then I'll know. So he made that anxious journey home to see if there was a ribbon. And when he got there, there was hundreds of ribbons on that tree. 
So in that moment, we were invited to stand and make our walk home like the prodigal son. As I stood, I hung my head low with tears in my eyes, wondering, like, will I be welcomed? Am I loved? Am I too far gone? I took two steps and was nearly tackled by a hug. <laughs> I began to weep with my father, hearing that I've waited every single day for you. Welcome home. Reforming and claiming my identity, breaking off the orphan spirit. LTS has claimed my father's heart towards me. I've experienced deliverance in my walk with Jesus, going from wanting to be dead to just wanting to serve him to being a daughter. Amen. And I had a block on that intimacy of being a daughter for a long time, and that is gone. Amen. All my experiences have been radical by his power and by his might. And, what I, and that's what I was expecting this time out of LTS, but he said, not by my spirit, or not by my might, not by my power, but by my spirit you're set free, by my truth. And I searched for the truth my entire life, and Jesus said, baby, I am the truth. Mm -hmm. And a scene from my one-on-one -on -one, uh, prayer session was Jesus laying his head on my mother's pregnant belly, saying, I love you, you're mine, and I have specific plans for you. Every scripture has, has been so alive during LTS, the living word being watered from the well of living waters out of the belly where the Holy Spirit dwells. And through LTS, receiving my Father's love, claiming the new creation that I am, together we are all changing a generation of fatherless orphans, making sure uh -huh. that they know that they're chosen from the start and not at an intervention when they're 31. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Believer's Church. This baptism is the death of those lies I've believed my entire life. Death to orphanhood. Death to orphanhood. Death to not belonging. And I'm proclaiming that I'm immersed in acceptance and raised back to life that he, that he always was, has been, and will be my daddy, and I'm his girl. <laughs> All, right. All right, church family. She, she referenced the story of Luke 15 of the prodigal son. The way that story ends is the father brings his child back to the household, plans a big party, all right? And that, I was like, where's baptism in this story? I think that's it. That's it. So when she comes out of the water, can we celebrate with all of heaven with yes. her? Perfect. Jennifer, will you? Yes. Um, it is a joy and an honor, Jonna, to walk with you and to stand here as a sister. And um, I just want to say that the that this morning in Mark, Jesus said, my God, why did you abandon me? And so he went to the cross for our, your abandonment, and he's embracing you today. Yes, right. And so it's a privilege to do this. So. I want to ask you a couple of questions first. So, Jonna, do you believe and put your confidence and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yeah, where else would I go? <laughs> Jonna, will you follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Because of the power of Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to wash away the old, for behold, all things are resurrected new and fresh.
I love the scripture that she uh, recited. I am the truth, baby, said Jesus. <laughs> That's one of the best things I've heard in a long time. My wife always has post-baptism headache from all the crying. Isn't it beautiful what the Lord has done here? And here's what's the greatest thing about LTS. It's not LTS. That's not what's great about it. What's so great about it is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As we get to meet Him. See, we, the, these different things that we... LTS, Sozo, you name it, are here not because we're trying to get something but to, 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 for you to do or to feel good about your participation. It's we want to meet the God who made us and is wildly in love with us. Romans 8.15 in the message is so cool. I didn't put this on the slide. It just came to mind. But it says this, this resurrection life you have received from God it's not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? So if you are sensing this, oh, it's so important for all of us to be in the room, to hear things like these testimonies. Why? Because it brings alive the spirit in us that goes, I know that to be true. I know that to be true, or I want more of that. So can I invite you into a what's next, Papa, question. Things that we have coming up. Again, we're not just looking to have something to, for people to participate in just because they're bored. We want to meet Jesus. So we've got foundations coming up with four different classes you heard about that are really helpful to, to kind of clear the rubble or give us skills to meet Jesus. Sozo prayer. You could sign up for it on your phone right now. Sozo prayer is just a guided prayer session with people who are experienced and trained to just help you connect with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's it. It's super gentle, super safe, and the Lord meets us. I am shocked at the stories I hear, stories that happen to me personally through Sozo prayer. You can sign up online for that. CR 12-step study. There are going to be some starting up and not long from now. Another brilliant journey that helps us walk through our stuff. Every single person in this room has hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Every person in this room. Every person in this room could walk through 12-step study with Celebrate Recovery. How do you get to that? Look online and we'll let you know, or call us and we'll let you know when the next 12-step studies start. Also, this stuff called Discipleship Map Groups where you can get with a group of people just looking at the words of Jesus and together helping each other to live them out. Nothing transforms your belief system more than doing. We can't really believe it till we do it. So we were loved by God not because we do, but because we love, we do, because then he, it embodies us. And so um, we have an interest form. If you go on our website for our class, our groups, fill out an interest form. So these are, are four different ways just today that you could do something to say, I want to taste more of him. That sound good? Okay, let's stand together. We're going to finish by getting sent out today. If you're new to Believer's Church, oikos map, oikos is the Greek word for household. 
And, and we use this idea of the relational network around you, the, the people around you that are connected to you in some way that are still far from God. And we pray for them every day around the middle, middle of the day by name that they would come to know this Father who wants them to come home. We just tasted. That's, that's what we're praying for people. We'll transform our view of people. If they're angry and grumpy, there's reasons. They don't know they belong, trying to belong, want to be loved. So let's bring our people, some of those uh, faces to our minds right now. And now let's pray this prayer out loud together. Lord, I pray for the people in my life who are far from you. Deliver them from the evil one. Bring them into your family and help them to grow as your disciples. Be blessed as you go to serve the Lord. We love you. Have a great day.